You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Got a great show for you today. Of course, we'll be going open line later in the program, taking your tech calls and questions. We'll also be talking with uh, our friend Mike Yanni uh, from uh, City TV about uh, all the new Apple announcements and uh, what it all means. <laughs> Should you upgrade? Well, stay tuned and uh, we'll give you the lowdown on uh, that. Lots of stuff in the news this week, uh, Andy. Uh, Samsung phones exploding. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Uh, the Samsung Note 7, uh, which was released just a few weeks ago. Beautiful, beautiful phone. We got a chance to get our hands on it. I got to say, it, it was beautiful. It was an amazing phone, uh, but Samsung had battery issues with it. Yeah, and they finally figured out what was going on with the battery. Basically, these two things, I can't remember what it's called, an iode or an anode, but these two things touched each other, and they're not supposed to. Yes. And it happened during the manufacturing process. Uh, very rare. There's only like 30 cases of these phones exploding, but enough for them. <laughs> that's 30 too many. Yeah, that's 30 too many. Enough for them to do um, basically a global recall to to get all the phones A back. global recall. You know how many... How yeah. many phones that is? And you know what's funny is when we were, were, were reviewing it, we were like, wow. And I was like, I think this might be the phone of the year, like thus far until like the Apple phone, the iPhone came out. Um, and I, I thought it was a beautiful phone. I, I was scared to like put my SIM in, into it and test it out <laughs> because I knew I was going to fall in love with it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they were asking for it back. And then like a week later we find out, uh, you know, the exploding ones. Even on the airlines, they said that um, – they don't want people to have that phone. Like you basically, if you do have a Note 7, you got to send it back and make sure you get a new one. Yeah, but uh, weird the airlines don't want it on their on their flights. Yeah, it's kind of weird, eh? But <laughs> well, I guess it's They not. don't want to take the chance. <laughs> no. Uh, there was a guy in a Jeep and his Jeep caught on fire because the phone exploded. No. In in the US, yeah. So he's blaming it on Was uh, that the one where the garage burnt down or was that a different one? I think it was a different one. Okay. Um and so there have been these cases. It it's unfortunate for Samsung because it's a great phone. The timing couldn't have been worse with the Apple iPhone announcement, but uh that's just how it works and I think they're going to learn their lesson from this and make sure that they don't rush things out and they do the proper testing. Before they release. That's hard, though. You know, when you are punching out millions of something, um, how do you how do you make sure that they're all good? Well, think about it. Thirty phones, okay? Yeah. So that's like point zero 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 three, and still that's too much. Yeah. So they they realized it was something with the manufacturing of that specific battery. It doesn't go to all Samsung phones. So if you have a Galaxy Seven, you should be okay. But just that particular phone, for whatever reason, that battery may explode, so you have to go and return it and make, get, get yourself a new one. It, it just shows you how um, careful you have to be with some of these technologies in, in the battery world. Uh, most of them use lithium-ion, which isn't uh, the most stable compound in the world, but uh, we've seen it time and time again with laptops and, and other devices uh, where they've caught fire because they weren't put together properly. Well, so. it was like those hoverboards, remember during Christmas time? <laughs> yes. Where everybody was getting these hoverboards, and they were making knockoffs in China, and then they, they were blowing up too because the lithium ions, they weren't at the same standards. And people are getting these knockoffs and you're essentially getting what you paid for because these things were just blowing up. And it's I don't funny. think anyone pays to have something blow up on them. You know, what, you know what I noticed? Nobody's using them anymore. You don't see anybody. I got one. Yeah. Do you use it? In the house. <laughs> <laughs> what, to go to the kitchen from yep. the living room? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. We, we have one in the house and... The kids all the time use it just to kind of go around. We got hardwood floors and just kind of cruising around. <laughs> Never goes outside. It's just 
it's the indoor hoverboard. There's, I, I saw this thing online where the guys were modifying it and turning it into a go-kart no. using the wheels. Yeah. So, oh, wow. So if you don't want it anymore, you know, I could uh, do something little cool with it and turn it into a My go-kart. favorite thing right now is my boosted board. Oh, this yes. is a, uh, a long board, a skateboard uh, that has an electric motor on it. It's got batteries and I think it goes for like 10 miles on a single charge. It goes up to 22 miles an hour. And you control it with a little hand controller. You know, it's got a little trigger uh, for speed, and it is amazing. I actually reviewed that in studio, and I was going from one end to the studio back and forth, and I got the hang of it, so I was trying to go as fast as I could and then break. And uh, it was on camera where I kind of hit the wall where I didn't have my timing down pat. But, uh, yeah, it's um, that one's pretty cool because it goes really fast. It goes to, yeah, I've only got it on half-speed setting because it's at full speed, oh, my God, it uh, – scares the hell out of me Mm -hmm. but it is cool technology and uh you know when you've seen these types of powered skateboards in the past uh whatever kind of motor and stuff they had on very thick but you don't even notice on this thing yeah it's like incredibly thin and amazing and just imagine in the next couple of years those are gonna those motors will get smaller the batteries will get smaller but more powerful so because like it's the weight is the kind of issue because yeah this one's about 15 pounds which uh, is a lot, but at the same time, not. It's 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 a beautiful machine. It's a boosted board, and uh, I think there's going to be a whole bunch of these things coming out at Christmas time. I, this I one agree. here is around twelve hundred bucks, so it's it's not cheap. It's like you can buy a drone or a boosted board. Oh, I know. What to choose? Also in the news this week, uh, Andy, and uh, you know we've been following this for a while. The CRTC back a while ago mandated the cable companies have a, a skinny or a, a super basic TV package. Uh, CRTC talked to consumers across the country and, you know, basically said this is what consumers are looking for. They want more choice. Uh, They don't want to be tethered to having, uh, you know, to buy an Internet package with their cable TV. Anyway, um, they rolled these out, all the cable companies, and I guess it hasn't gone as smoothly for consumers as. Or for the CRTC because they thought we make this rule, tell tell all the carriers that you have to offer this. And they thought it was going to be done. But what happened is the carrier started to do, do certain things where they weren't giving rebates for certain packages. You would have to rent their box. So that $25, suddenly that price went up and up. In addition, Bell got in trouble because they had an internal training memo saying do not promote that skinny package. Yeah. Only discuss it if the customer mentions it. And for a while, Bell denied ever doing that. But... After a while, uh, they finally admitted it before this uh, latest CRTC hearing that they they made an error in doing that. And I guess back east, uh, they also uh, made customers sign up for the internet package so that they could get cable TV. And, you know, the Bell guys were saying, well, we can't unbundle it. Technically, it's impossible. Although they were offering in Atlantic Canada cable TV without internet. So and they maybe they have more ex- advanced technology yeah. over in Atlantic Canada. They didn't ex- explain why they could do that in Atlantic Canada, not in yeah. the other regions. So the CRTC called them, uh, you know, to testify again about this. And the day before they were supposed to testify, they, they announced, hey, you don't have to buy yeah, the We figured anymore. it out. Yeah. What a coincidence. What, what great timing, yeah. Well, if you've been thinking about upgrading your iPhone to the new iPhone 7 or maybe some of the new Apple Watches, we've got the lowdown on all that. We've got Mike Yanni from City TV coming on after the break. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Lots of show left today. 
don't worry. Later on in the program, we will be going open line, taking your tech calls and questions. Well, Apple has uh, done it again, another announcement this week. They're launching the new iPhone 7. On the line, we've uh, got tech journalist Mike Yanni from City TV over in uh, Alberta. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing well, thanks. How about you? Great. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, no problem. I wanted to bring you on because uh, you are a, a tech enthusiast, much like myself, and you actually had a chance to go down to California to see the launch event. And uh, Did you get a chance to actually get your hands on one of the new iPhones? I did. I did. So immediately following the announcement, uh, a few journalists actually got their some time to go hands-on with the devices, so I got to play around with the iPhone 7 and, of course, the, the bigger counterpart, the 7 Plus. And I've got to say, first and foremost, the moment you pick it up, it feels, well, it feels quite familiar. It looks exactly like the iPhone 6S and the 6S Plus, but there are subtle differences in there that you won't notice right away. Uh, I mean, of course, there's a couple of different color designs which are noticeable, but mo- most of the features are kind of buried inside, and you won't notice it right away. And I want to talk about the home button. And I don't know if you've heard about the, well, I'm sure you have the uh, new home button or the pressure-sensitive button, as they're calling it. It's very different, and it actually throws you off. So for some of the listeners who may not know, that physical home button has been replaced with a button that doesn't actually move. It's pressure-sensitive. So as you push on it, the whole phone actually vibrates a little bit with the, the Taptic engine that's built inside. It feels very different from the physical button. And at first, I thought, I don't know if I like this. And talking to some of the journalists as well, they're saying the same thing, that there is, it's a very different feel, and it's going to throw you off the first time you pick it up. And I think it's something that's going to take a lot of getting used to. That's interesting. Uh, why do you think they went that route? Is that just to, to have less moving parts? I, I know there's been issues with uh, the home button in the past on some of the earlier iPhone models, and, and obviously any moving part uh, in any device is going to be subject to wear and eventual failure. Do you think it's just to, to make it more robust? It could be a couple different reasons. I think they might be kind of hinting at what's to come. Of course, next year, the big anniversary of the iPhone, the 10th year, and there's rumor that that button may be removed completely, and it just might be built into the bottom of the screen where you press down. So maybe they are kind of slowly introducing us to what's about to come next year with a what could be a dramatic redesign of the iPhone. But the other thing could be all about the water resistance of the new iPhone. And this is a feature that a lot of people have been waiting for. And me, for one, I, I think this is awesome. The fact that you can finally you know, take your iPhone out into the rain or you know, use it around a pool and not worry about it falling in. The fact that it's not a physical button, that means there's no air, no space where water can actually creep through. I think that's another big reason why they went this route. I'm actually kind of excited about uh, the waterproof uh, feature now because uh, I have lost uh, a few phones uh, in my past to uh, water damage so uh, this is uh, you know I think about time uh, obviously but uh, a great feature to have Uh, so many people uh, uh, do drop their phones in in some type of water whether that's uh, uh, the sink pool or uh, believe it or not uh, many in the toilet uh, as well. (laughs) It happens Uh, you and me both you've lost some phones I've lost a few phones as well I've lost an iPhone and it's strange because you know usually Apple's kind of on that cutting edge they're sometimes the first to introduce something but this is a feature that a lot of the competitors out there introduced a few years back and it was interesting that Apple's held off until now to actually release an iPhone that's water resistant so they're saying water resistant not waterproof because they're saying down to about three meters for up to 30 minutes 
to actually have waterproof standards, you need to go much deeper and longer and beyond that. So Apple's calling it water resistant, not waterproof. Well, I'm, I'm not going to be going swimming with my phone <laughs> anytime soon. Well, you say that, but have you ever walked into the lake and your iPhone was in your pocket? I've done that. <laughs> so it, it happens. Well, you're crazy that way, Mike. <laughs> no headphone jack. Yeah, this is um, this is a touchy subject for a lot of people. So the big question is, why did they do it? Uh, of course, uh, when the big keynote was on, uh, one of the big Apple execs stepped on stage and said it's all about courage, and they want to be the you know the first to introduce, to introduce new technology. We can't just stay with the status quo. Somebody's got to make the move, and Apple's going to be one of the first to do that. Well, there, I think there's more to it than that. Another reason, of course, is what we were just talking about, the water resistance. The headphone jack, well, it's a wide-open hole. Water easily can creep into that. So that was one reason, Apple says, or another reason, why they decided to get rid of the ports. Um, the other reason, they claim, was to make space for other technology. So one is the taptic engine built inside, so you get that you know, vibration when you click on the screen and do certain things on the screen. Your whole phone kind of shakes a little bit, and that's also tied in with that new home button or the pressure-sensitive button because, of course, the taptic engine and the feedback is tied into that. Uh, but the other thing is the image stabilization. This is the first iPhone 7, that's the first smaller model that actually has physical image stabilization. So there's a tiny little motor around the camera lens that tries to reduce the vibration and handshake when you're shooting video or photos. We've seen this in the larger Plus models before, but not in the smaller iPhone. So they said they needed room for that as well, because it's an actual physical part that has to go inside. So there's the Taptic Engine, there's the optical uh, image stabilization, something had to go. Because keep in mind, this new iPhone is the exact same size as last year's 6S model, not even a millimeter thicker. So they chose to go with the headphone jack removal. But not a lot of people are excited about that. They're pretty angry, in fact, the fact that they're going to need an adapter to use their older wired headsets. I, have to I, say, can, guys, I, can, think, I can think of more things to be angry about. Well, <laughs> one, one thing, those, those AirPods... The, is it just me, or do they look funny? You know what they remind me of? Those electric toothbrush, the little brushes that you put on. So yeah. it looks like... Yeah, yeah, they do. You're right. I'm not too sure what to think about the AirPods. I tried them in my ears, and I always found Apple's headphones, the ones, the, the earbuds that come with the iPhone, they never fit my ear properly. These ones, though, actually did fit, and they felt fairly comfortable. But my question is, are, am I going to lose them? Yeah. And I think a lot of people are saying the same thing. They're small. They're not cheap. They're expected to retail for just under 200 U.S. When, they're now, when they come out next month, if I'm going for a run and I lose it in the grass, I don't think there's any way I'm going to find that. And there's no tracking. I was hoping maybe there's going to be some feature with Bluetooth tracking or something like that. If there is, they're not saying that there is, but I'm worried I'm going to lose them. It's interesting. They, they have a new technology in them as well, and I, I don't know if people really kind of noticed this or gave much thought to it. Um, they're using a new, what they call, a, I believe, a W1 chip inside. Uh, so it's using some variant of Bluetooth, but it's supposed to be more efficient, more low power, uh, and it makes it much easier to uh, pair with existing Apple devices. You basically bring these things near your iPhone, uh, tap them, and it'll automatically sync them to all of your iDevices, and even your MacBook that have the same iCloud account. Yeah, they actually demoed this to us, and I was pretty amazed, because you know when Bluetooth pairing is, it's, sometimes it's it works, a nightmare. sometimes it doesn't work, and you have to sit there and refresh and refresh and hope that it populates on the list, that, oh, okay, I can finally pair. These just worked right away. You brought them near. 
Um, and it just said, hey, do you want to connect these AirPods? You hit yes, and you're right. It goes through all your devices through iCloud. So if you go to your Mac, well, those AirPods are automatically paired with that Mac. That's pretty cool. The other neat thing, too, is the actual little case that they come in, that's the charging mechanism. So when you put them back in the case, you can physically plug the case into the wall, and it charges. If you charge them for 15 minutes, it gives you three hours. Out of the box, you get about five hours worth of use on a single charge. And some people say, well, that's not long enough, because if you go on a long flight, maybe you want longer. Well, 15-minute charge gives you three hours. So that's, that's not too bad. Not, not bad at all. And from what I understand, uh, the case is also kind of a battery in itself. Yeah. It'll actually, without being plugged in, uh, have enough juice. Was it like 24 hours of juice? Yeah. Once you plug it in, you basically charge it. You charge up the case, and then you can take the case to go, and then it acts as a charger on its own. The other interesting feature is there's a whole bunch of different mechanisms in, inside the AirPods as well. Uh, there's a gyroscope, and there's also infrared sensors, so they can tell when they are actually inside your ear, so they won't be playing if it's outside your ear, so you won't accidentally waste the battery power by playing with them. Uh, but there's something else with the gyroscope that it can actually uh, sense when you're talking, so it can turn itself on if you get a phone call. Uh, also, if you double-tap it, then you can actually activate Siri as well on your phone or your device as well. So there's, there's lots of actually little technology built in, which may explain the more higher-end price tag on these things. Like I said, I think they're going to retail for just shy of 200 U.S. So, of course, that'll be probably 250 Canadian or something like that when they're launched. Mike, uh, if you don't mind, I'd love uh, if you could hang on the line. We're going to have to take a break, but uh, I'd love to talk about some of the Apple Watches when we come back. Of course. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this with more Apple news. We're talking about Apple today on Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. On the line, we've got our good friend Mike Yanni from City TV. Thanks again for joining us, Mike. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, I just want to talk about uh, the those AirPods just for another minute here because there's, there's something that uh, I've been wondering. Apple makes a lot of money uh, with accessories as well, even if they're not their own accessories. Uh, if you want to make a, a lightning uh, adapter-type accessory for uh, an Apple product, you have to pay a type of licensing fee. Do you think we're going to see that now with uh, these wireless devices? With that W1 chip, do you think they're going to license that to other manufacturers? It'll be interesting to see if they do. And you know what? There is a good chance, because you're right, Apple does make a lot of money through third-party licensing. And here's what's supposed to be one of the next big things in uh, tech trends. You've probably heard about this. You know, you've heard of wearables before, but there could be something down the line in the very near future called hearables where you have wireless devices in your ears that not only give you music, but we're already seeing some of those that also are detecting heart rates and things like that. So there could be this whole subset category of this new technology coming out. And you know what? Apple just might be on the cutting edge of this, and they could get all those third parties to jump on board. So, yeah, of course, there, there's money to be made here. Something I want to point out, though, also about the, the AirPods and the uh, you know not having that headphone jack on the iPhone 7 and the 7 Plus that little adapter that I know a lot of people have complained about, I don't want another adapter, it's supposed to retail for around $10. So, you know, playing devil's advocate here, even though I'm not a fan of adapters, you, the idea is they're cheap enough that or affordable enough that you can actually purchase multiple ones and just stick them on your headphones and just leave them. So if you have multiple sets of headphones, you can just leave them attached. So there is that other option as well. And just uh, to finish off on the iPhones, uh, let's talk about the cameras on them. The, the 7 Plus actually has two lenses on it. 
Yeah, it's interesting. It has, it has a wide-angle lens, and it also has a telephoto lens. So a couple of reasons Apple says they did this. Uh, number one is uh, you actually get, because each camera has a separate sensor, you get twice the data. So it essentially takes the data from both images, combines them into one to give you a better picture. Uh, but there's also interesting things like zoom. Uh, you know, obviously the lens on a phone doesn't physically move when you zoom in. It uses digital uh, zoom. So really, it uses software to zoom in, and quite often you lose resolution. The idea behind combining the wide angle with the telephoto is that you can zoom in at least a little bit and not lose the resolution of your photos. So they are claiming that you'll have better zoom capabilities on the new phone. And as I'm saying, combining, combining data from two cameras in low-light situations, technically, you should get a better picture in low-light Im images. From what I was reading as well, you, you're able to actually get some depth of field with this, this new camera system, yeah. Yeah, so like a DSLR. Yeah, so this is a feature actually that is not going to be available at launch, but will be available in the coming months. We're not giving a date on this right now, but let's say, Mike Andy, I put you guys in front of a rose bush, and I want to take this picture, but I want to be a bit creative. I want to blur the roses behind you, so you just get the, the color blotches behind you guys. You can now do this right on the iPhone 7 Plus. Uh, they call it shallow depth of field, so you can get a little bit creative blurring your backgrounds, even though your subject actually is quite close to them. So this is a feature, though, that they're, they're working on. They said it's not ready yet, but they did give us a sneak peek at it at the Apple launch, the, uh, the iPhone 7 launch, and said this is coming. And who knows? They may be able to do more with this right now, but that's the only kind of sneak peek they're giving us right now. I want to open up the phone lines. We're talking with Mike Yanni from City TV all about the new Apple announcements, iPhones, watches, AirPods. What do you think? 604-280-9898. Love your thoughts or your questions. we got Mike Yanni on from City TV, tech journalist and uh, Apple expert. Let's talk watches. Uh, they have new watches. Uh, are, they, do they, are they exactly the same as far as the, uh, the look and feel? Yeah, you know what? Just like the 6S or the 7 and the 7S Plus, uh, or sorry, the 7 Plus, the watches, they're calling them Apple Watch Series 2. They look identical to the previous generation, other than a couple of different finishes. I know they introduced a ceramic, but all the different new things are hidden inside. The screen, twice as bright. For me, it, it, that may not sound like a big deal, but I actually used Apple Watch for running a lot outside. So for me, this is a big deal because even if I'm walking down the street in downtown Calgary, getting notifications and things like that in the bright sunlight, that, that shine off the screen or from, you know, from the sunlight, it's sometimes hard to see. So having a screen twice as bright, I actually I'm a big fan of that. Apple claims it's their brightest screen on any device they've ever created. So it'll be interesting to get my hands on that and see how it really does compare. Um, but the other big thing, and just like with the iPhone 7, waterproofing. This is huge. I don't want to be scared to go outside and run in the rain or actually go for a swim and, you know, or shower even and have to take off my watch. Now you can leave it on. So Apple is saying waterproof down to 50 meters. Now, it's a little bit deceiving because they don't really mean that you're supposed to actually go scuba diving with this thing down to 50 meters. What they mean is it's tested, so let's say you go for a swim. You're putting a lot of force as you're moving your hands and your arms through the water. So that's supposed to be the equivalent of the pressure at 50 meters. 
So it's really designed for those who want to get out and get the most uh, physical activity, especially swimmers. This is going to be targeted to them as well because now you can go out and not be worried. And there's actually now a new mode in the Apple Watch Series 2 uh, where it actually looks for open swim, freestyle swim, and it can gauge your distance and things like that and your heart rate even underwater as well. Mike, one thing we didn't see with the Apple Watch was an increased battery, so you're still going to have to charge it overnight. Do you ever think we'll get to that point, you know, with these small batteries on watches where it could have enough power for two or maybe three days? Yeah, you know what? I was waiting for that, too. I thought for sure they were going to say something about the battery life, and then they came back and they basically said, no, it's the same battery you found in the first one. I, you know what, I never really had a big issue with my Apple Watch dying over, you know, during the day. It, it always got me through the day. Um, so, I don't know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But the problem is they want to keep the watch the same size. They don't want to increase it. And yet they keep adding more features. Now they have to put the gaskets in for the waterproofing, things like that. That all took space. So if they made the battery bigger, well, then they would have to do something with the size of the, the Apple Watch as well. So we're not there yet. I would love to see it where you can go 24 hours without charging it or even longer, but clearly they're not ready to give that up because they want to add, keep adding more technology in there, but they don't want to make it bigger. If you've got any questions about the new uh, Apple iPhone or watches uh, or your thoughts or comments, 604-280-9898. Love to hear from you. Mike, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. And have you got your hands on one yet? Not yet. No? Not yet. I'm waiting. The other feature I really want to try out is the GPS enable on the, uh, the Apple Watch Series 2. As I said, I'm a runner outdoors. I would love to leave my iPhone inside as I go for a run and track my route. So I'm excited to get my hands on them. Thanks again for joining us, Mike. My pleasure. Mike Yanni from City TV, technology reporter. When we come back from the break, we'll take a few of your calls, 604-280-9898. We're open line on Get Connected. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Got a great prize today. That's right. We're giving away something that we just reviewed. Both of us uh, had a chance to check this out. It's from JBL. It's the Boost TV Bluetooth speaker. This is kind of cool because, you know, a lot of people have these Bluetooth speakers, but this one actually will work with your television in addition to your smartphone. And it supports Dolby Audio, so you're going to have that good cinematic sound, 5.1 surround sound, all through this Bluetooth speaker that also can work with your smartphone. you got to go to our website to check it out, getconnectedmedia.com. Hit on the contest page to enter and win the JBL Boost TV Bluetooth speaker. I love this thing. It is amazing. You know, a lot of people get sound bars for their TVs. Yeah. to increase, obviously, the quality. They don't want to set up all the speakers around their room, and these sound bars offer fantastic quality audio and music coming out of the TV. What I love about this Boost is that it's tiny. Yes. It's, uh, you know, like sound bars take up the entire length of the TV, typically. This thing is, uh, you know, about a quarter of the size of that, but the sound coming out of it is amazing. And I love the fact that it's also Bluetooth as well. So uh, if you just want to listen to music from your phone, you can just send it straight there wirelessly. Yeah, and there's two ways to connect it to your television. You can go the analog route with you, like a typical headphone jack, into the back of your television. But they also have an optical audio. Yeah. So, and most TVs support that. And I don't think a lot of people take advantage of the optical audio port. But once you connect that, and it also comes with a remote control. So if at any point you want to switch from your television to your smartphone, you just click one button and boom, you got it. So you got to go to our website, check this product out it's from jbl it's the boost tv bluetooth speaker 
Coming up uh, Monday, I'm uh, going to be going on uh, Global TV as I do uh, Monday mornings, uh, the Global Morning News uh, with Steve Darling. And uh, I'm going to bring some golf tech uh, down with me. So I think that's going to be about 8.15 a.m. Yeah. And uh, I've got some cool stuff. You know what's uh, funny is last week I went on Global. Yeah. And we were going to show this, but I checked with Steve because it was a long weekend. And I, I, I messaged him. I'm like, are you working? He goes, no. And I'm like, oh, we got this. Because he had actually seen that product and showed it to me from TomTom, this, uh, this golf tech. Yeah. And so we got it in. And Steve wasn't there. So we held off another week. So I think he's going to be super excited to see this stuff because he loves technology and he loves golf. So when you combine both of those together, you're going to have one, one happy man. Can I tell you why I'm excited? I'm the world's worst golfer. No, no, I think I might, uh, I might beat you on that. Oh my god, we should I, go golfing. I'm so bad. I don't even know if I swing left or right because I can do equally bad. <laughs> like I can't. Like I could go to a coach and be like, "What hand am I?" He can be like, "I can't tell because you're so bad." But you know, online, if I play like video games, golf, I'm pretty good. Well, if uh, you're up in the morning Monday, uh, I'm going to be on uh, Global News with Steve Darling around uh, eight fifteen, uh, talking about golf tech to make your your golf better and funner. If well, that's a you word. know, if you, you got to rely on technology to help your, your golf game, it's, um, there's lots of cool accessories out there. We're going to have to take a break, but when we come back, we'll be talking with our friend Mo Samani over at Soho, and uh, he's got an exciting contest going himself. If you've got a small business, it's your chance to win up to $50,000 in prizes and travel. So, Stay tuned if you want to learn how to win. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. If you have a small business or know someone that does, you'll want to listen up. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a contest going on called Style My Business, the ultimate CEO and office makeover. On the line right now, we've got Mo Samani. He's with Soho. Thanks for joining us, Mo. Hi, Mike. Uh, thank you for having me. So I wanted to uh, talk about uh, your contest. We're always, uh, you know, talking about technology and how that can help business. What is your contest all about? Yeah, so basically what we did was we put together a contest to help small businesses. Um, and the main uh, focus around that was that uh, small businesses have uh, challenges around marketing and getting exposure for their business. So we created this contest to help them increase their brand exposure. And using the contest platform, we wanted to help them market their business and attract more customers to their products and services. And so what, what is the prize? So the prize basically is, um, is you can get a chance to win up to $50,000 of trips and prizes. And in that, uh, in that prizing is a makeover that, uh, that, put, that uh, allows small businesses to get uh, various uh, products and services to help them in their business. For example, uh, there's a style in my office where we provide them with uh, a new office and desk chair, uh, you know, 42-inch monitor screen, a mini bar fridge, cooler, just to kind of style up their office. And then we've also got, in terms of a technology standpoint, we uh, we provide the uh, customer with like an all all-in-one office computer, uh, cloud accounting software, web hosting packages, um, anything to help them with their technology to upgrade their uh, their current um, uh, products and services that they have right now. I guess to help them keep in, uh, you know, keep up to date with the technology in their office. And and what kind of businesses can enter? Is this um, national, local? It's, uh, it's a national contest, so it's uh, five different regions. It's uh, BC, um, the Prairies, Ontario, the Atlantic, and Quebec. And uh, the prizes are broken down into uh, based on the employee size of the company. So if you're under 50 employees, 
Uh, we break down the uh, business categories to one to four employee, five to 20, 21 to 50. So it's a pretty good, amazing program for any type of small business under 50 employees. Mo, can startups also apply? You know, there's a lot of people out there, you know, trying to, you know, start a business, maybe one or two employees. Can they also apply for this contest? Definitely, yeah. So that's one of the key things is that uh, it's open to people that are uh, obviously businesses that are existing and growing, but the startup community is one of the uh, real big focuses to help those guys, especially when they're um, you know trying to uh, get their businesses up and running. Uh, they might have um, you know some tight cash flow and they're just ramping up their revenue and so forth, but they need to have an office or they need some of the products and services to help their business uh, grow, and uh, they just may not have the initial cash flow to get up and running right away. Uh, this is an amazing contest for them to participate in. And from what I understand, um, if you don't have a small business but uh, you know one, you can also nominate them. Yeah, so this is a really neat system. So what it does is that if you are a small business, you when you enter into the contest, you automatically get entered to, for a trip to uh, for a trip or two to Las Vegas because we feel that uh, um, you know business, people work hard, they want to play hard as well. And also, when you nominate a, uh, your favorite small local business in your community, uh, you also get entered into a trip for uh, a trip for two to Vegas as well. So um, you can nominate just going onto the website and fill out the nomination form. And where where do people go to to enter? Um, they go to stylemybiz.ca. That's the uh, main website to go to. It provides you all the details on how the contest works. Uh, it provides you the details with all the prizing. And, uh, and there's uh, a, um, a form that you complete to enter uh, to win or a form to win, uh, sorry, a form to complete with uh, nominating a business that you like. Stylemybiz.ca. Yeah. Mo, thanks for joining us today. No problem. Thank you so much, Mike. Good luck with the contest. Okay, bye-bye. That was uh, Mo Samani from Soho talking about Stell My Biz, the ultimate CEO and office makeover uh, presented by Soho and 411. I guess it's, it's good timing because October, if I remember correctly, is Small Business Month. It is. Yes. And so isn't there a small business week within the small business month? I think so. Maybe yeah. there's even a small business day. I think it started a small business week and then they decided to just make take it. Take the whole month. Take, just take the whole month. <laughs> take the whole it. month. But I mean, I, I love these types of contests because uh, running a business or even starting one is – uh, it's it's hard, yeah. and uh, you know any type of help you can get, and obviously there's a lot of tech you can win here and travel. Uh, definitely would help any business, and I, I like that uh, you can actually nominate businesses. Yeah, as you well. know, you know what's funny is I go to all the big startup events around town because I'm always looking for the next big tech company. You know, the next Hootsuite in Vancouver, and a lot of them are bootstrapping. They're they're just trying to get their product up and running, and they don't have a cash flow, and, and it makes it hard to market out there. So something like this is going to really help move those businesses forward. Yeah, always happy to help out uh, these types of contests. StyleMyBiz.ca. The, uh, the contest for Get Connected this week again, Andy. We're giving away the GBL Boost Bluetooth TV speaker. This is a Bluetooth speaker that works with your smartphone and also your television. There's two ways to connect it, both analog and digital right into your smart TV or your HD TV. And then you're going to get beautiful Dolby audio sound, surround sound for watching movies and videos. And you can also comes with a remote control to allow you to switch to your smartphone in the case you just want to listen to some music. All you have to do is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com and enter on the contest page for the JBL Boost TV Bluetooth speaker. You know, we also got a chance to try out their other speakers. Uh, I think they're called the JBL Extreme. Yes. Um, they're a little bit more money than like your typical $100 ones. I think they're like 275 or something like that. 
but amazing. Well, you know what's cool is they have that feature JBL Connect. So you can connect various JBL speakers to each other and create almost an ecosystem, have a multi-room speaker system in your home. That's cool. Yeah, so you just keep buying more, and they'll all interact with each other. Yeah, this uh, this JBL Extreme model was cool because the battery on it was amazing. Uh, I think 15 hours. And yeah. I love that because, you know, typically when you take these portable speakers somewhere, you're going to the beach or down to the lake uh, or out in the park. And if you're only getting a few hours battery life, that doesn't help anyone. And some of these speakers, well, they have such big batteries, you can charge your phones on them. Yeah, this too. one you can. Yeah. It's got a little USB connector. Yeah, so it's such a great You can feature. listen to music all day and you can charge your phone up. Well, it makes sense because a lot of people are streaming from their phone, so you need to have power on that as well. So that's a great feature. Uh, JBL is doing a great job on the Bluetooth speakers. Don't forget to visit our website on a regular basis, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got the radio shows up there and all the TV and video that we do as well. And don't forget to watch uh, Global News Monday morning with uh, Steve Darling and I at 8.15. We're talking golf tech. You're listening to Get Connected. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week.